1: It's been like two or three weeks ago I was bitching about not having topics for my show um, And Jilly supplied me a whole big list of trope drifts to do And so that's why we're doing those um, Because it was her idea And also because I had nothing I mean literally nothing My It was like blah, blah. I had nothing So that's, why all, that, that's where all these trope drifts are coming from So you can blame Jillie if you don't like it <laughs> Someone asked me hey, why I was doing them, um, and I don't know if they were complaining or not. I don't really care, um, but I thought I would tell you um, where it came from and, and what it's about, and that's just um, uh, what we're doing right now because it's just like it was something that would be fun and interesting to do. And yes, of course, she gets the credit, absolutely the credit. Never blame all the credit, unless you hate it. <laughs> Anyways, I want tell you okay so i went to the grocery store today and i was and there was this lady and um she had a kid i guess he was about two and he had a complete meltdown he had the kind of meltdown where you don't i'm i'm child free and so sometimes when kids get really loud in public it 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 irritates me to be perfectly honest um and I kind of blame the parents for not taking care of it, but you could just see the situation happen, and she literally had nothing left to give. I mean, it was just like she had nothing left, right? And so he just throws this humongous fit um, in the little basket part where the kids sit in the in the, in the cart, um, and gets he wears himself out and falls asleep on her purse. So <laughs> after he does that, She's tooling around the store getting her shopping done with this kid passed out over her purse. And we get, and we end up in the self checkout together. And she has her hand on the kid's head, you know, just gently patting it. And then in her other hand, she has a giant bottle of wine. (laughs) She caught me looking and she said, If I had a bottle opener, half this one would be gone. (laughs) I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. (laughs) It was, it was, it was, I felt so bad for her. I felt so bad. Um, And, um, wow, wow. It was just, it was a big bottle of wine. It was was probably the biggest bottle of wine you could buy in that grocery store. And she had it. Uh, Craziness. Craziness. So we're going to do a fix it. Um, and it. It's number two on the list she gave me, but the reason it kind of popped into my brain to do it is I've been reading Hobbit Fix. And if there's anything about the Hobbit fandom that you could almost, like, set your clock to, is to, like, there's going to be, like, a fuck ton of fix it. Because everybody knows how terribly <laughs> The Hobbit ends. It ends so badly that it's, like, there can be nothing but fix it. Like I think ninety nine percent of the fandom is fix it. Another popular fix it fandom would be Harry Potter. Um, whether it's because of pairings or because of canon events that pissed you off. Hello, why did she have to kill this fucking owl? I mean, out of all the people that she killed, why? It, that was just pure sadism. It was just sadism to, um, to kill his pet. I mean, it just, there was just no end to that. There was just nothing. That was just completely unnecessary. In my book. Completely unnecessary. And why didn't she kill Ron? I mean, if she was going to kill somebody to signify the end of Harry's childhood, why couldn't it be Ron? (laughs) I'm just saying, she could have killed Ron. (laughs) Regardless. There's plenty of um, areas in canon that we get pissed off at or um we find um unacceptable or disconcerting you know and what's really one of the more interesting fix in popular culture would be Phil Coulson um and how Marvel basically had to resurrect him because their entire audience just decided that that didn't happen um and went to cons with t-shirts that said Phil lives. Colson lives. Because they refused to believe that he was dead. And they refused to believe it. They did not. They would not accept it. The whole fandom was like fuck you. And like I can just imagine Marvel going. But he was a minor character. We didn't think anybody. Oh they cared motherfucker. They cared so hard. And you didn't even know it. You had no idea how much they cared. Until you killed him. And then like the whole fandom went nope. No. No. He's on vacation. Fix it. Give him his own fucking TV show and fix it. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> it's like the ultimate fix it. Not only okay, 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 fandom, okay. Not only is he still alive, but here's his TV show. <laughs> the ultimate. And another fix-it would be um, The Search for Spock. That's a popular um, uh, pop culture fix-it. Um, where uh, we lost Spock at the Rathacon and it was just like what? You, you just hear the whole Phantom just, just kind of lurch. And I was like what? And I was lucky because I watched all three movies together, I watched the motion picture, the Wrath of Khan, and the Search for Spock all on the same day. But I can't imagine have been in that audience when they killed Spock and there was no Search for Spock on the horizon. I have to watch it. I have to, I have to see what happens. They have to find Spock. I was I was inconsolable. I was like ten. I was inconsolable. It was ridiculous. Um, and um, my mom had borrowed the this is terrible and I shouldn't even admit this, but all three movies were on one VHS tape that my mom had borrowed from a friend. So of course this person had pirated this <laughs> because you couldn't buy three movies on a single VHS tape during this time period. But I didn't know that shit cause I was 10. So anyway, he told me I would like it cause I had watched, he'd seen me watching the original series on TV and I was like, um, okay, cool. I, I sh- Give me the movies and 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 he sent the tape over to my house and I got through the Wrath of Khan and at the end, we, we, I called I called his house. I was a fetus. I called his house. I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? I'm ten and the f words coming out of my mouth." And my mom is in her bedroom, right, and she hears me cursing her friend out. <laughs> when I'm ten years old. How did they kill Spock? Oh my god lost my shit. (laughs) I was just 10. I literally lost my shit. First time I ever cussed anybody out, it was over the death of Spock. Who knew? I was. I was. uh, And he got so tickled at my cursing he couldn't even take it seriously because i was i was ridiculously young and so he said just just calm down just calm down and make a sandwich and watch the next movie i promise you you won't be disappointed he said if you're disappointed i will take you to six flags to make up for it
0: and i said you're taking me to six flags anyway <laughs> to make up for what you've already done <laughs> and he did he did
1: <laughs> I did go to Six Flags that summer, <laughs> and yeah, so I watched the the, the Search for Spock, and um, I basically I basically held my little hands to my chest the whole time because I was so upset. <laughs> I was so upset, and nobody was allowed in the room. anybody came in the room, I yelled at them,
0: <laughs> get out.
1: I just was like it was it was complete meltdown, and um, so yeah, I mean that's a fix it that, that happened because the audience just did not accept and didn't you just you just you just can't kill Spock, you just you can't, you know. And it was they were like, okay, okay, we made a mistake, we're sorry, <laughs> we had no idea. <laughs> I was I was very traumatized. Oh. It was just terrible. It was terrible, but yeah, um, yeah. <sighs> Anyways, we're gonna talk about fixits in the fandom and um, uh, and our love for writing them. Um, and I think that if I had watched The Wrath of Khan and not been able to watch The Search for Spock like immediately afterwards. <sighs> I would have had nightmares. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: it would have been
1: I I lost my shit. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It was probably what you might call a come apart. <laughs> I had a come apart at ten over the death of Spock. So, yeah. Anyways. We're gonna get started. Push her button. She better be ready. Do you have a list of fix to share with us? I'm just
0: no. Kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. I didn't tell her to do that. I was just kidding. I was just kidding. Lady Holder has a list. On, I failed on not <laughs> intuiting my homework assignment. <laughs> I left my psychic decoder ring in my other pants. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but I was talking about uh, uh, The Hobbit and, and how well, I just can't help but read Fix It Fix because I refuse to accept the death of Thorin Oakenshield. It just it didn't happen. <laughs> oh, I mean, nope. uh, it, yeah, that that all that shit needs fixing. Um, <laughs> the Hobbit. It's amazing that Lord of the Rings happened with how people had to have felt about The Hobbit at the time. Um, because... I I'm thought sure The Hobbit re- happened after Lord of the Rings. I thought it was a mm. prequel. The Hobbit was written first. I don't know. We'll have to look it up. Now look. That didn't happen, Barb. Rodney and Keller didn't run off under the fucking sunset. What are you talking about? Shut your mouth. <laughs> How dare you put that in my chat room? <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> What? Yeah, The Hobbit was first. The Hobbit was first, which is okay. one of the. I think that because The Hobbit was, um, I think that Tolkien was being paid differently for Lord of the Rings, which is why it was wordier.
0: <laughs> I think
1: that um, he well, no, he got paid by the work for Lord of the Rings. Not for he not for the Hobbit. But he didn't for the part. Hobbit. For the Hobbit, he had to be well, you know succinct. I, um, I think he wrote The Hobbit for his kid, right? Because he right. was telling the Hobbit to his kid, and he kept messing up the details of the dwarves that the kid was remembering, and he wasn't. And he would retell it over and over again, and he would get the dwarves' names wrong, and he would mess up their, you know, who was who, and who was the king. And so finally, um, he wrote it down, so that he'd stop messing it up, and the kid would stop correcting him. (laughs) (laughs) But can you imagine, you have read The Hobbit back in the 30s, okay? And you're dealing with the fact that the Durins are all dead. You know, you, you, it's probably, it was probably one of the early fandom angsts, right, it was that the Durins all died. And then the sequel comes out, and you're like, what is the sequel? And the sequel is actually a sequel about the ring. <laughs> I'd have been like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> I don't care what happened with that fucking ring. <laughs> what happened I don't care to Bilbo? About the Ring. <laughs> I don't care about the stupid ring. That stupid ring caused so many problems. Why are we talking about the ring? (laughs) And why is it so far in the future? How are you bringing the Durins back? (laughs) Urine. well, I have a problem with morality tales. You know, I do. I I don't... That was my problem with the Force movie. I want my entertainment to be... Entertainment. I don't want to be emotionally devastated by the end. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Emotional devastation needs to come like in the middle, and then you need to feel better by the end. That's the way it's supposed to go. (laughs) Those are my rules, and I've just made them up. I agree, Barb. Um someone said that Frodo was the hero of Lord of the Rings and I agree that it was Sam. It was definitely Sam. Sam um Wow. I mean, I think if you could look at any character in um The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings, no one matches Sam when it comes to tenacity and loyalty and courage and just and grit. Yeah. And and like I said, I said earlier in a different podcast that um, that that Lord of the Rings is a love story, and um, that Sam, uh, it, it was just unfucking believable, just a true deep love, and you can you can twist that and make it sexy, but it, it isn't. It isn't in canon. It it's just it's pure and it's um it's beautiful. And he loves Frodo and that love is the reason that Middle earth survived. Yeah. He saved the and, world. And you know, the funny thing is this is it's it's funny this comes up today because um I got the most unexpected um message text message this morning um or actually it was this after lunch and it was for my mom who does not understand fandom and as a matter of fact she calls fan fiction fandom so um <laughs> when i when i'm reading this to you this tells you how out of it she is so no context to this message it says are there any fandoms that put frodo with a shortish elf lord and i respond back what? She says, you know, Lord of the Rings fandoms where there are stories of Frodo with a shortish elf lord. I said, why a short one? She writes back, well, I imagine most are Frodo and Sam. And that, right there, someone who's not even into fandom at all has intuited that that is the pairing, right? That's what it should be, because that's what it was all about. It was about Frodo and Sam. Um, I have no idea. (laughs) why she asked that question. I did not delve too deeply into it, but I thought it was interesting that she just knew that Frodo and Sam, she has an OTP, Frodo and Sam, already, she's not even into fan fiction. Please tell me you wrote back and told her that the biggest pairing is actually Gimli and Legolas. <laughs> no, I did, because I wrote her back, and I asked her, I said, I'm pretty sure there are some Frodo-Legolas stories out there, but Legolas is tall, and she's said um, and I said what in the world brought this on she said would you point me in the right direction I'm like in the right direction of what she said some of these stories I was like okay
0: she's dipping her toes I I was like it's
1: not something it's not something I read but I will send you some links please don't follow up I have no idea what's going on there I did. I went. I went to. I went to A O Three and I got the the Legolas Frodo um, stories and sorted them by kudos and completed stories only and sent her the the link to that search. <laughs> and, and I don't want to know anything else.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, I mean it. Sam, I agree Sam was completely to me the hero of um of Lord of the rings um, and everything that he did and the success of the the of the the fellowship was because of sam's love and he's he's just it he's he's almost like a perfect hero he's unassuming um there's, like, I mean, I can't imagine anybody disliking Sam. I actually think I'd have to probably not be friends with somebody who disliked Sam. Right? Like, what do you mean you don't like Sam? Well, let's not talk about Sam. His favorite weapon okay. is a frying pan. He saved the I'd, world I'd, out of love. I'd, I'd have to dig into that. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> what is your damage? Can we sit here? Is it too late? Yeah. The Lord of the Rings is is um The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings didn't need fix it's the way The Hobbit did. Except except in in so much as that it, you know Thorin should have been alive living with Bilbo, you know, in the right. Shire or wherever. Right, that that should have been a thing in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> The Hobbit needed lots to fix it, which I think is why the Hobbit fandom is huge um I don't think the Lord of the Rings fandom is as big, but I could be that could just be a perception thing. A lot of the Rings... I tried reading Lord of the Rings for a while um but it's uh it was a very um prior to the prior to the Hobbit movie coming out. I found the Lord of the Rings fandom very inhospitable um there was a lot of uh sort of agreement reality around the way things were supposed to be and how you were supposed to, how you were supposed to interpret events and I don't know. It's just I was like, there's just too many people here telling me what to do. I need to go find somewhere else to hang out. It makes me <laughs> uncomfortable. I do not allow anybody to tell me what fandom norms are. I don't care what your fan is. Um, I'm going to adopt my own fanon. Your timeline means jack shit to me, Tolkien. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm really not. (laughs) i just, I'm not sorry. (laughs) It means jack shit to me. If I want to have, um... Frodo be born two years after the quest and his parents be dead and he gets adopted... By Bilbo and Thorin, that's my business. That's (laughs) right. Stay out of it. (laughs) It Has nothing to do with anybody else. And if I wanna write Bilbo as a girl, I fucking will. And there ain't jack shit anybody can do about it. I got a little southern there for a second. Did you notice? (laughs) (laughs) You might have noticed. I might have noticed, yes. I see I just need it I'm see the like a a banner that goes follows me I should be my icon on like all the site all the sites is like don't tell me what to do. I think if there is any writer in The Hobbit that I enjoy more than any other, it is Sunrider and um. Lady Holder just put up two links: one for the carving and one for the Oak and the Ash by Sunrider, and they're both on our archive of our own. Sunrider I think also of the, recently joined the Wild Hair project, so. I don't think of the Oak and the Ash as being a fix-it. I mean, it's it's one of my favorite Hobbit stories by far, but I don't think of it as being a fix-it. I think of it as being a complete AU. Um, I agree, but but it it does it, fix my heart. Does that count? Yeah, <laughs> sure. If it, it counts, it fixes your heart. Um. <laughs> The Good Earth by the Fields Whale that series which was the first time I read um uh Cabbage Patched Wobbits, was that's oh, that's a great fix I it love that's a, that's a feel good it's it's um it's it's awesome Um what's the one with uh, coats coats um it's an oh, AU Oh yeah yeah Um it's an arranged marriage fic, and Bilbo um, is obviously the arranged marriage for Thorin. And um, it has Gimli in it, and Legolas, and uh, it's it's Coats and Something verse. I, I fucking love that verse. Coats and Customs.
0: Um, coats and Customs. Coats and Customs. Thank you. Awesome. Um,
1: uh, of an Arcane Binding is probably, and it's by Salvia G, we get some archive of our own. It is probably the best written fic in the Hobbit fandom, and it is a fusion of um, the Time Traveler's Wife. Time Traveler's Wife, yeah, yeah, fucking amazing, fucking amazing, so good. Um, I really enjoy it. I also really enjoy Cabbage Patch Babies. I'm not going to lie. It could be my favorite thing. I have... Um, if I'm honest... Hold on. I will tell you how many Hobbit fics I currently have in progress. <laughs> that Some of that you will get to see on Evil Author Day, probably. Um, some of them. Um, you, some of them you've already seen. One, two, three, four... Six,
0: seven, eight,
1: nine. I have nine works in progress for The Hobbit. I feel like an underachiever. I only have three. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have one called The Bartered Queen, and it's where Bella is bartered um, to Thorn um, who is in the um, Blue Mountains because his father is gold mad, and he sent Thorin there to um, to oversee their settlement. But he's bleeding it dry, and so, and so they don't have much, and they don't, and they're running out of food. And so he barter[s] with the Shire, and in order to get to Thane to give them food, he has to take a wife, and he takes Bella, um, and um, she's awesome. And I'm, I'm I'm really enjoying that. It's it's a little different because she's a little younger than Bilbo is in canon, and um, she's um, softer and eager to be a part of the settlement um, for a lot of reasons, but mostly because she never felt accepted in the Shire due to circumstances, and so she's you know kind of embracing the whole thing and 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 really getting into it. And Gimli um, acts like her bodyguard, even though he's only fifty. And she loves him because she, cause she thinks it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and he likes her scones. And she fusses at Dwallin whenever he hurts Gimli and acts practice. You know, she just acts like his mom and and his parents let her. And so it's just a thing. It's just it, it, it makes me happy. And then I have bees on her feet, which you can read on EAD. Um, but two of my favorites right now, two of my favorite works in progress, are in The Hobbit, and one's called Faeborn. Um, And it's a different version of the Bella that I wrote in The Shield Maiden of Erebor, um, which is also on the EAD. And then I have one called Small Magics, where Bilbo Baggins raises Harry Potter. And that's actually the only one I'm writing where I'm not writing a gender bender version of Bilbo. I'm actually writing Bilbo. But when I started Small Magics, I realized I couldn't write Bella because... I realized that Bella would have never let Harry Potter go back to his, the Harry has gone back to his version of earth and um, he comes back in the middle of the quest when the fellowship, when the company arrives at Rivendell, Harry is there and he's getting ready to go back to the Shire to meet with his dad, um, um, whom he's missed and has been gone from for several years. Um, Two by two, Bilbo's reckoning in 13 by Harry's because of time um, manipulation on his world to train him. Um, and I realized that it had to be Bilbo because Bella would have never let him go alone. That's the difference between mothers and fathers, I think. Um, she'd have been like, oh, hell no. And Bilbo was like, well, you know, you got to be a man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Stay on your own. <laughs> but I just couldn't see Bella letting him go by himself. Where I could see Bilbo letting Harry go to do what he had to do, you know, to stand on his own mm-hmm. two feet. But I think a woman, you know, I, I just don't I just don't think that Bella could have let him go by himself. She'd have been all up in it. I'm going with you. You're going to get my shit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> you know? So, in order to keep the quest on the road i had to put bilbo in place and i'm actually enjoying it and one of the reasons why i wrote bella to begin with is because it really pisses me off that there aren't any females in the hobbit it pisses me off it is it is very vexing that there are that it is it is entirely a sausage fest um i don't know it's <sighs> It's just crazy. It's really it's, just crazy. it's really annoying. It is a sausage fest. It, it, is, it is a big sausage fest. And it is really annoying. And that's why I wrote Bella. And probably why I'll primarily write Bella in the Hobbit fandom. Because I... Or a female Bilbo. Because I just... I find it really fucking irritating. I like that one too. But I can't pronounce it. I've always pronounced that Sansuk, But I have no idea how that's pronounced either. Sansuk. by. <laughs> Why can't you have any mind? Come on, people. <laughs> I've never actually read Sansook. I'm afraid of it. I mean, I heard, I hear it's fantastic, right? But it's got to be so sad too. <laughs> Maybe I need a big old cry next month right from my period starts. I'll go read it. <laughs> I can you know, it's, sob for a reason instead of crying for no reason. It's interesting when it comes to actually fix it because I like you could argue that anything that doesn't result in the Durin's dying is a fix it. Um, but it's interesting how the um, there's something that there's 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 a particular method of fix it in The Hobbit that I don't see as much. In other fandoms, because um, you have the typical time travel. Time travel is big in The Hobbit. We're going to go back, we're going to do it, or we're going to do it right. It's very satisfying, because there's just something very appealing about a character who knows everything and has all this information. I know. I that love it. That, it. that is so satisfying to play with and to read about is is what they're going to do with with that knowledge, um, so the knowledge of the future is just a super appealing. Um, another, another, another method to fix it is just you know complete AU. You know it's. Um, I know probably m- most of your Hobbit stuff is, is is more in the complete AU, where it's none of the the events have happened in the way in the way canon sets them up for the, in terms of the quest. But then there is um, this this other method of fixing it which is a direct fix it which is the denial fix it um, it didn't happen um, and everything oh. happened except the death so it's right. just, it's, just, it's like it all went down but they recovered and not and I actually am perfectly fine with that I've loved many many stories that use that method of fix it of just straight out denial um, and you just don't see it's just such a big um, fix it Fix it trope in the Hobbit fandom, and most most fandoms I read in where they're fix it, they don't go to the straight denial um, quite that quite in quite in those numbers. And I just find it interesting that people are just like it's like it's like they stick their fingers in their ears and go na 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 na. It's like it didn't happen. I don't hear you (laughs) because that's how we all sell. That's how we all felt. Right? In the movie was like you want to stick your fingers in your here and go, no, 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 It didn't happen. Just go, fuck you. Double barred the screen, walk out. Didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> the movie ended with Smog died. It was great. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Or you know, there was a battle, but everybody recovered. Um, which I was think I that think in order for me to write a fix it at that point, I have to start my version at the death of smog because if it gets to the point where thorin kill bilbo how do you come yeah. back from that it's hard to come back from that i when i wrote um Bees of her feet, Thorin throws Bella out of the mountain before she ever gets a chance to find the Arkenstone um, because I couldn't write a story where he threatened to murder her and even attempted to murder her um, and then write a reconciliation because you don't come back from that Even in, um, even in Madness it's hard for me I mean I've read it I just don't. I I can't write it. Um. Yeah, a, there's there's interesting things. Sometimes you can read something and really enjoy it, but it just it's not something you can um, get into as a writer. It's like when you're writing, it just things have to gel in your head uh, in a way they don't have to when you're reading. Um, my suspension of disbelief is in a different place when I read than it is when I write. so Right? Um. <laughs> One of the more interesting fix-its I read recently, it was a short on AO3, and ple- I can't, I'm, I'm not going to be able to tell you what it is because I, I read, I binge read for the past two days. Um, it is where Bilbo, after the funeral of the Durins, goes down into the crypt and he falls asleep. And he wakes up basically um And they're not dead. And he lives a whole year with them. And then he wakes up again. And he's in the crypt. And the one ring bargains. And says, I will bring them back to you. If. When someone comes for me. You give them. You give them the ring. Without a fight, and he agrees. Oh wow! He doesn't know what the ring. He doesn't know what the ring is, and doesn't know what the ring is until the ring wraith arrives twelve years later, and he has to give them the ring, or Thorin, Feely, and Keeley will drop dead. And Bilbo does it. That's how the thick ends. It's a short. It's like three K and I was like oh I grabbed the back of my head and he went, Oh shit <laughs> that, that rider got me right in the chest. It was it was great. I mean it was great. I it was creepy and um but it but it was fantastic. I was like, Wow, holy shit. Um holy shit. <laughs>
0: <sighs> but
1: at the point that he gave the ring, he knew exactly what it was. He, and he didn't care. But it's an interesting kind of mirror of 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 what love will do to you and what you will do in the name of love if you compare it to Sam's actions in Lord of the Rings um, and what he did in the name of love. Uh... Fantastic. And that particular fix-it, it it, was re- it resonated with me, even like mean, I was binge-watching reading. I must have read between... I, I must have... I can't even tell you. Maybe half a million words in the past week. Um, wow. And that particular short story has stuck in my head. Yeah, I read Lay Down Your Sweet and Weary Head this week as well. Fucking love it. That's a time travel fix-it from, from Thorin's point of view. Um... That I found really, really interesting. And most of the time, *Fix*, fix in *The Hobbit: fandom are, are written from Bilbo's point of view. So I really enjoy *Fix* that are written from Thorne's point of view. They're mm-hmm. a kind of a rarity, um, and so I, I really enjoy um, when that happens and you see um, the workings of his uh, of his character. I like it a lot. Um, I think that um, in the um, in the Hobbit, the complete AU, um, you also, know, but basically anything in the Hobbit where there's a Durin and a pairing, is a fix-it. I mean, it's just it's it's a rare little thing like that where, you know, the majority of the pairings in the fandom um, imply a fix-it fit. because like but nobody was happy with again. that, right? Because nobody was happy with that ending. And it's not just like you know, you know, there's like one obscure pairing that that fixes this event. I mean, it's like the majority of of the fan fiction, the the, the pairing-based fan fiction, is um, features one of the Durins in it. So that's that's all fix it. And one of the things some people do is just write the complete AU or something that's completely different. Um,
0: but it is hard to come
1: back from some of the actions that Thorin takes in *The Hobbit*. It's legitimately yeah. difficult to come back from. There are there are stories that have dealt with it well, where they you know there's there's um, discussion and they get over it and they move on, um, but it's still it's still really difficult. It 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 still. Um, and you know, so I've read somewhere I've actually had the thought that Bilbo is more forgiving and more gracious than I would be, but that's actually true. <laughs> that it is. is true. I but Bilbo I am is more not forgiving, forgiving and gracious person. than I am. Yeah, I hold a grudge. So. Because um, honestly, at the Karak, I would have taken Thorin's head off. There would have been no hugging back. It would have been a knee in the balls. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? Look, you may be good looking. You could be the best looking person I've ever seen in my life, but you are a dick and a dumb one. <laughs> yeah. I think I think my two favorite just complete AU's where there's no there's no quest, there's no um, the first one. The first one is one that Lady Holder mentioned earlier is the Oak and the Ash, um, which is which that may be my favorite Hobbit story. It's a little bit of a toss up between that and the Cabbage Patch Dwarves, do- um, but another the other the other one that's just you know completely different canon um, is an Ode to Broken Things, which is the one where Bilbo has a heart condition and he winds up traveling with the dwarves to go and seek healing from the elves in Mirkwood. I haven't read that one. You haven't read that one? Oh, that one's a tearjerker. Let me see if I can will get the link and post it in the I did read one about you know how those they had the countdown clocks fix where Thorin had a countdown clock for when he found his one and Bilbo's clock was when he would die. And Ugh. Yeah. And so in Erebor they have a moment, and Thorin confesses that Bilbo is his one, and um, they're on the eve of battle, and he asks Bilbo to to spend the night with him, and Bilbo agrees, because he knows he only has hours left to live. Um, but Thorin afterwards sees his clock and thinks that Bilbo has misused him, and that he really isn't his one, and he maybe even left his one behind in the Shire by accident, you know, because the one side of, you know, seeing, you know, the clock. Um, and then Valen finds him afterwards, after he's kicked Bilbo out of the mountain, and tells him that Bilbo's clock is actually how long he has left to live. Oh. And Thorin oh, finds him. Oh, my heart hurts. And and Thorin finds him, but it's too late. And I was like, Oh God, oh God, you terrible author. But then there's like a like a a redo. She did like two different versions of it. One where Bilbo's clock runs it out. And one where Yvonne says, "You know what, <laughs> uh-uh, and she gives him eighty more years
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fix it
1: <laughs> It's very good though it's very good it's very good fix. very- very short um but charming nonetheless but um uh, I think one of my favorite phantoms to fix in is um." Harry Potter. Um, Harry Potter. Yes, yeah, thank you. it just fell right <laughs> out of my head. It was just like gone. And, and I was like, I, if, she, if I, she's, like, she's like, not going to say Harry, if she's not going to say Harry Potter, then I haven't been paying attention, <laughs> right? Because that could be a clue, right? Because I have, I can't even. I, I'm not even going. I'm not well, even going to guess. I'm going to have to go look. That shit needs fixing. <laughs> uh, you know, when we some some fandoms are more satisfying for fix it than others. Um and the more, that, the more that fans almost universally agree that shit needs fixing, the more fix-it-fix there are, and the more satisfying it is to have them. Not that fix-it-fix are not always, but there's like, you know, I don't know, there's kind of like the minor things that happen that need fixing. So like, the, the, like in, the, in the NCIS fandom, there were always little minor fix-it moments in the series, and then you got to the big kahuna where it's like all of a sudden there's something that really needed fixing, and it was like the boom of fix-it-fix happened, and it was so much more satisfying to me to read those than over the kind of the smaller stuff that was not, you know, it didn't really spawn spur on a lot of fix-it-fix. But then you have some fandoms where it's just like, there's so much to choose from. Which thing shall I fix? And that <laughs> I'm gonna fucking fix everything. Let me start uh, yeah, it's Harry Potter. In you know, 1981, Harry... <laughs> <laughs> there lived a baby. But no, um, I have over a hundred Harry Potter works in um, in progress. Damn. I know. I'm not even ashamed. Um,
0: and why should
1: you be? Uh, That is unpublished works, by the way, not stuff that I have currently on my site. Um, I have 29 alternate universe stories in progress in Harry Potter. Um, But oddly, just 15 time travel ones, of which my current favorite is The Black Dragon where um, Harry uh, is murdered shortly before his 21st birthday by, by Ron. Um, and he lingers as a ghost for, for years. And one day, on his birthday, Hermione comes to a Godric's Hollow where she's buried Harry next to his parents and she confesses that she was in love with him. And Harry was like, Well, that was shit I could have stood <laughs> to know. A decade ago. That would have been great information to have. <laughs> and um, he sits down beside her. And she can see him suddenly. And he tells her that. Zir has given him a chance. That's the black dragon. The the god of sorcery. A chance to fix. Everything that went wrong. Because magic is dying. Because he wasn't there to be. The light bearer for the renewal. And. Um, she agrees to go back in time with him. And so, there they are. Um, it's third year. That's my favorite place to stick them. I don't know why. It's really terrible because I can't do any fun, sexy stuff because they're too young in the body. Um, and Zir is running around in his little black dragon form. He's tiny. And Hermione treats him like a kitten, which pisses Harry off because, hello? (laughs) You're petting the god of magic. Would you please stop? (laughs) so Harry has a really vastly different relationship with Zier, um, because he spent um, a decade with him learning and growing and being lectured and being treated like shit uh, for failing in his duty to Zir's wife um, who is Lady Magic and so he's he's not kind to Harry to begin with. I mean, he's not abusive, but he's kind of an asshole. You know, look what you did, Potter. <laughs> you couldn't fucking stay alive until you were 30? Was it too much to ask? <laughs> he's like, he's like, I didn't murder myself, dude. <laughs> and so they have this this um, relationship that's a little, sometimes, sometimes hostile, but most of the time very um, nurturing and supportive, because they are both assholes. Um but Hermione treats Zeer like a kitten. And she picks him up every time she sees him and pets his head and rubs his belly. And Harry's like, would you, oh my god, Hermione, would you please stop? <laughs> this is really inappropriate. <laughs> and so, yeah. So that's my favorite current work in progress for Harry Potter and the Black Dragon, is, is what I'm calling it. Because Zeer's running around Hogwarts um, fucking up all Dumbledore's plans. <laughs> I like that idea. I like I love it when Harry fucks things up. Anybody fucks things up for Dumbledore. I I just I think that that's like the one of the best um things is when Dumbledore gets flustered. Cause he can't figure out what's going on and he's trying to compensate for his plans <laughs> Everything not working is out. is going wrong. When you can't figure out why they're not working. That's my favorite part of Darkly Lowell is that Harry is so far ahead of Dumbledore at every turn that he thwarts him the whole story until he kills him. And then in the, even in the end, Dumbledore is grasping four or five steps behind, not understanding how this has happened. And then Harry tells him. Because all Dumbledore in the end wants to know is what the hell happened to his wand, <laughs> What happened to the Elder One? And when Harry tells him, I am the Elder One, Dumbledore... that's the last thing he gets to know before Harry kills him like wait what now (laughs) and he realizes at that moment that he was never ever gonna come out on top of that situation how do you beat the fucking death stick you don't Harry's the unbeatable one (laughs) exactly exactly when I decided to merge the Deathly Hallows into them in Darkly Lull. I I really thought about the qualities of of each one and and how I would put them and where I would put them because I was very tempted to put the Resurrection Stone in Harry, but then I realized that that character wise the, the only character that I was in the, in the trio that I felt could carry the Elder Wand was Harry. Yeah, it had to be Harry. Um. And, But then I also realized that Harry wouldn't want it. So that's why he tried to give it to Draco. Even as a power source, he tried to give it to Draco, but it didn't work. And he had to give the cloak of In- 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 Invisibility to Draco's soul for the power. And Harry didn't know that they were going to end up merged with them. He, hi- he had no clue. Um, he wouldn't have used them if he'd known. Um, but... He still tried to separate himself from the elder one in in that ritual and and couldn't do it. The elder one wouldn't allow it. Which is how I applied it of course, but um but also, I also I think that just it just nobody else could have carried it. Yeah, that makes complete sense. I don't think that I mean it I think that the way you had that work was perfect because it, it had to be hairy. Right. It was it was that was really fun to, to, to plot and, and put together and all those rituals uh, that's my favorite part of writing Harry Potter is rituals if you didn't if you didn't notice <laughs> I really enjoy that. I have diagrams where I diagram where all the, where everybody will stand and what it will look like and when i when he drew his circle um in Dr lowell when he made his ritual circle in you know, uh, in their house. For um, um, for their personal rituals. I drew that ritual circle. I have it on um, a big piece of paper. That I taped together. Um, And I drew the whole thing. Including the runes. It's awesome. I want to stick it on my wall one day. (laughs) If it didn't look like witchcraft. Or devil worship. (laughs) Because it does kind of look like devil worship. Uh, Because of all the runes. And the big um, deathly hallows symbol. In the middle. (laughs) But I figured out all the runes and I wrote it all and I I wrote it all out and I created my big circle and my runes done. It was beautiful. I'm I'm, I'm really pleased with it. <laughs> but I really enjoyed the ritual part. And I enjoy fixing Harry's life and making it better and weasley free. <laughs> Except the twins.
0: I like the twins.
1: The twins the twins can stay if they grow up without being little assholes, the twins can stay and I like Bill okay, Bill, Bill's fine as long as he's not lusting after Harry he's a little bit frankly too old for Harry um, until Harry grows up if Harry's like 25 or 30 when Bill hits on him that's fine, but if Harry's 14, it is really inappropriate people massively inappropriate I feel like sometimes when people are recommending stories in Harry Potter, they are like, "Is Harry a grown up?" And they're like, "Well, he's <laughs> no. Is he a grown up? No. Well, he's is he a grown no. up? Well, what? How do you define grown up? Is his ass still in school? Well, yes, <laughs> and he's not a grown up. <laughs> if I'm reading a school AU, he has to be paired with someone who's in school with him. I, what is wrong with you people? At that point, mean it's a teacher. Harry. Yes. <laughs> yes, if it's a, if it's a school, if Harry, if it's a Hogwarts era story, that person had better have been in Hogwarts with Harry or have recently graduated. Had been in Hogwarts with Harry at some point. So, it, you know, you can as a student. <laughs> as, yes, as a student. Of course as a student. <laughs> But yeah it, it but once he once he's a grown ass man yeah get your freak on, <laughs> but he has to be a grown ass man I yes. do prefer to write- um time travels or a u s where Harry grows up differently, and I can kind of tweak his character a little bit and make him a little more focused mhm yeah Cause that's
0: one of
1: the things' it. Cause it's hard to justify well- changing his character drastically if you give him the same childhood. I mean, I see people do it, but I just don't buy it. Well, the, the, yeah. The, the, so there you go. There's the, the, there's both sides. If you you change the character drastically and give them the same childhood? How does that work? Um, you change the childhood drastically, but don't change the character.
0: <laughs> I mean, these these things are cause <laughs> and effect,
1: right? You have, you, have to, you 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 have to change both sides of the equal sign. You can't just change one. But you know one of the things I think that's appealing also for me about time travel is i this 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 is this is this is a writer reader thing again as a reader, I can read a lot of things and really enjoy them but writer i don't want to write a thirteen year old I don't want to write a bunch of thirteen year olds I don't want to write fourteen year olds either um, <laughs> so you know time travel um it allows me to work with adult minds, even if they're in young bodies. It allows you to work with the, with, with adult minds, and it, um, but I, w- I wouldn't have the first clue how to write a kid. You know, I don't think I could do it plausibly in any way, shape, or form, um, not as a main character. You know, um, so I, I think some people do it very well. It's not my strength, and and I'm I'm not trying to expand. So that's just one of the things. Barb says she wouldn't even teach thirteen year olds. <laughs> <laughs> so that—that's okay. Um, this is a—I mean, actually, um, uh, original Tempest in the chat room, and he—he he wrote one of my favorite, eleven-year-old um, Harry as an eleven-year-old, um, where he changed a couple of um, key events, and then the story is the ripple effect of those key events changing, and it's just—it's sort of masterful. Um, uh, example of how changing a few things ripples out to big changes and it's it's a, and that's um why am i blanking on the name of that story polished <gasps> stone um polished stone so if if you have not read polished stone you definitely should that's uh my favorite 11-year-old harry story cuz i don't usually read 11-year-old harry stories because i um Tend to find that that's, tends to be the ones where Harry either has where there's a there's a, a change that either doesn't ripple out or there's no change that ripples for some mysterious reason but yeah kids kids are kids are kind of like oh, I, 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 I couldn't i couldn't do i couldn't. I couldn't do a, a kid as a main character, which is why time travel is so great because, um, yes, <laughs> you, you get an adult. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it, it's really, I actually have one where, um, it's, a, uh, an AU where, um, Harry does grow up with the Dursleys. Um, but he's raised by Emmy, his um, his nanny elf. She sneaks into the private drive and she raises him, um, and she brings a little trunk with her, and she basically um, protects him from the Dursleys until he gets his well, just always. Um, and so they think he's had one life, and he's really had another. <laughs> they have no idea. They don't even know what he actually looks like because she hides. The fact that he's not downtrodden and, you know, abused and underweight and under height um, and malnourished, she, she hides all that with magic. So he has no idea um, what – so Petunia has no idea what her nephew actually looks like until she, the letter comes and Harry reveals to her who he is, what he is, and Emmy shows herself too. <laughs> I think for me, see, I, and I love the idea of Harry being raised by a house elf in the cupboard, which probably has expansion charms on it. Um, but I, I, that I would be the person who would have to write that from the house elf's point of view.
0: <laughs> I'd be like,
1: I'd be like, there's a child in this scene. It's going to be in anybody else's point of view, whoever's convenient. I don't care. <laughs> well, I wrote a, pro, a prologue where Emmy has. Gone to her parents, who are, who have been. Dumbledore has taken all the Potter elves and supposedly freed them, but it doesn't really work that way in the Potter family because they're family, not slaves. Um, and they are bound to the, the Potter family with, with with blood magic, so he can't free them. But they don't. But he doesn't know that. And so her her parents, Star and I forget the father's name, are at Hogwarts spying on Dumbledore. <laughs> And they spread their other kids out to other Potter properties. And Emmy is at Privet Drive, and she's telling them that that these asshole muggles are keeping their lord in the cupboard. (laughs) And they're like, okay, okay, slow your roll. We can work with this. We can handle this. This is what we're going to do. Go get the trunk. Go get a couple of portraits. (laughs) We can work with this. It'll be fine. And um, they basically raise Harry in the shadow of the Dursleys, and the Dursleys have no idea. And so Harry isn't the same Harry Potter that that Dumbledore was expecting. And he meets Hermione on um, uh, Diagon Alley, and they exchange letters, and um, they get to Hogwarts, and he just... Dumbledore has no clue what's coming his way. And because Harry hasn't been raised friendless in, in a terrible situation, he finds Ron completely unacceptable. He's rude. He, he's, you see, Harry was raised in that trunk with his grandfather's portrait, so Harry has really courtly manners, and he's been raised by an old man and a house elf. An old man portrait. <laughs> and a house elf. So he's he does, he has certain expectations of the people around him, and he's not getting them. And Ron is is failing miserably at this. And so, basically, Harry has a pure blood education because of his grandfather's portrait. Um, and so Ron has no education. He cause he I, I just don't believe Molly probably even taught her kids anything before they went to Hogwarts. I mean, she wants them to do anything in the summertime when they were actually in
0: school. It it, but, it
1: certainly it didn't it didn't seem like they had a lot. Well, I I, I don't know because um, I never got the impression that Bill was deficient in any any way in that way. It almost makes you wonder: did she get tired? My head can um, is, is up until the birth of the twins. Arthur had the money to pay for tutors. But after the twins and then Ron and Jenny came, he couldn't afford it. So Percy, Bill, and Charlie all got tutored at home by an actual person who could do it. And maybe even the twins. But Ron and Jenny didn't get it because he couldn't afford it. It would explain the disparity between them, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the twins you kind of the impression you get about the, kind of get about the twins is that they were um like she didn't have the the their their parents didn't have the the attention and energy to to keep up with them and because they kind of had each other um they could go off and get in trouble with each other and not draw the focus of their parents so it's almost like they kind of ran wild as kids and they're kind of like probably a lot out of control and difficult, probably very difficult for Molly to um, to deal with. Um, probably, you know, if they were muggles, you'd probably, those twins would probably have been diagnosed with ADHD just like that. It would have been, you know, they, those kids would have been on Ritalin just, <laughs> just those two so and fast, so, so fast. fast. They they just spent they just spent their whole childhood. Um, Getting some that hyperactivity shaved off, but they, I, you know, and it could be that she just, in addition to to finances, that when you had that many kids, that just keeping up with the twins and the, the older the older kids were already in their studies and, um, and they had already had a certain amount of education. Maybe just by the by the last two, she just threw up her hands and went they'll figure it out. they'll figure it out. <laughs> I really hope you both marry well. that's, that's all I can say for you <laughs> but it it there's also um but one of the things that's interesting is it's it's more fanon than canon um, there is but there is I think there's a little bit of it in canon as I recall um a sort of um, it's like a pure blood privilege that they have. That they don't aren't even aware that they have um, in terms of the things that they know that they've been exposed to um that they expect and that it's only obvious when they're put next to like a muggle born um, or how could you not know that or you know, so they have been exposed to a lot of things, um, but they are not, they're like this weird kind of not not schooled like a pureblood, but not, not muggle-borns either. Ginny and Ron particularly just straddle a strange space where it's like, well, where do they fit in? Cause you kind of get the impression that almost every other um, Wizarding raised child, you know, in Hogwarts probably had more training in social graces than those two, right? But yeah, so that that, that, you know, I I enjoy where I was. um, What i'm getting into now uh is that i've explored a lot of canon for um harry potter i've explored i think i've i think i've pretty much canoned myself out i don't think there's anything else about canon that i that i really want to explore so um after i finish my current um crop of work in progresses um that i that i want to post on my site because not everything i write is is going to be on the site because a lot of it's crap i mean, be perfectly honest not everything um is is worth reading um as I'm hammering out ideas and, and working through characterization and um looking at pacing and sometimes they're just experiments in um in ideas that end up in other stories and so they end up just in a folder called trash <laughs> or snippets if I'm being gracious with myself. <laughs> <laughs> the what the fuck was I thinking folder we can follow yeah exactly that um that there's just experiments to help me work through ideas that end up in other stories as I'm really ready to start exploring um the larger magical world I'd like to do a series where Harry Potter is a hit wizard for um the i c w or whatever I really like to i I really like to kind of explore that. Or um, I, 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 I would think, so love to read adult Harry stories. Well, I have a couple. Not many. No, you do. You um, do. And he, sometimes even if Harry's not an adult in the story, he's an adult in his mind. But yeah, you have several. Um, you're, there aren't many authors that I read adult Harry from. Because a lot of the times, um, a lot of the stories I've read where there's, they're adults, they're more like slice of life stories as opposed to um I'm nothing wrong with Slice of Life. I'm not dissident. It's not my usual thing. I do like there to be a point. It's my usual preference. You know, plot. Um, so Slice of Life is not usually my preference. Um, and a lot of the adult hairy stuff I've read tends to be more Slice of Life type stuff. Um, and so I haven't run. So, But yeah, you're, you're, you're one of the few authors that sort of has um, sort of fit in that niche of of stories about Harry post Hogwarts, grown up Harry with a happy life, or building a happy life, or something. And I just find it very satisfying to um, my favorite get me on of those. Would probably be Quirrell, Hermione there. Granger, which I still wish I was writing. Yeah, Quirrell, <laughs> Hermione Granger was great. it is I, great. Well, I it was. I have. Re- I mean, I always enjoy my own writing. That that's that's why I do it um, to to entertain myself. But I really really fell in love with that project. And um, when I finished it, I was, like, kind of disappointed. And normally I'm really, you know, satisfied when I finish something, but I enjoyed that so much that I was upset that I finished it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I do want to consider- move on from this project. I consider it a sequel, but then I didn't feel right either. Uh, it just, it, it's really, it stands there on its own pretty well, I think. And, um... It just, it's just disappointing that, I, that it's over. <laughs> hmm. That's sad. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Just, uh, hmm. I think I, that... We, um, I don't
1: know if it's about I could where a, to go with... Um, go ahead. I could be a bad person. And I can encourage you to write something else even if there's no more story to tell. But I wouldn't do that because sometimes <laughs> the story is just done. And it wouldn't matter yeah, yeah. that it would be very satisfying to read more of whatever, um, but sometimes the story is just 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 over with. Sometimes it's just finished. Oh, speaking of stories that are finished, but I haven't posted it because I couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. I figured out what was wrong with it. The 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 legacy yeah. one. Yeah, and it wasn't what I thought. So, I was thinking it was the reveal, and the name. And in the, the, the second prophecy, and I've been kind of hammering on that in my brain, figuring out that that was probably it. And I'm sorry for thick teasing you guys, but you'll be seeing it shortly because um, I figured out what was wrong with it. Um, and you might even get it for Christmas if my betas work out. They might not because we got mm-hmm. no, we got we got November. Um, November. November. Yeah, Nano. <laughs> so, I, I know, but I have I have I have something else. Up in November. I'm moving out of state. Uh, so that's I'm, right. That's right. Yeah. It might end up being a Valentine's Day present. Either way, it's coming up. But what I figured out was I removed an element of Harry's. Um, I removed a characteristic from Harry that is fundamental to who he is in the Harry Potter verse. Oh. Well, now I'm sitting here trying to think if I can see and figure out what that was. I have to write it, but it's going to be a quick fix. Um, no, 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 no. Um, you made it to, No, no. I, I should have. Um, one of the one of the elements that makes Harry Potter Harry Potter is that he is the boy who lived. Uh, but. But yeah, but I don't want to get all spoilery. But you It isn't quite the same. Had, you had that in originally though. And then And then I took it out. It was a and then and it then was then a it, plot hole and you took it out. Right. And then But you found a way to not have it be a plot hole? I did. Well that's good. You'll see it shortly. I'm not fit casing, I promise. I promise. You're gonna see this shit. It is great. You're gonna love it. It is great. It is great, and it, and it's 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 other than her fixie thing, it's she's it it she wrote the fuck out of that. So um, I did write the fuck out of that, but more importantly, I think it's really unique in the fandom. It is very unique. There's there's that 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 thing that I love. I've never seen before. So um, I'm I'm really pleased with it. And uh, speaking of unique things, I was um working on. I've been glutting myself on the Hobbit, and I was like, I need a unique idea for the Hobbit. I need to just do something a little bit different. And what I've noticed about Fix-It-Fix in the Hobbit fandom is that the quest stays the same. They still find the trolls. That's true. They still end up in the tree when it's on fire. There's still the giant eagles and the bear man. <laughs> and there's still the goblin mines. I'm like, you know what? I need to do something different with all that. I need to do something different with all of that. And so I wrote it where Bella wasn't in the Shire when they came to get her. And she's actually kind of um, spying on them in the woods um, and reveals herself. And the trolls still happen. But then it goes completely off the rails. <laughs> and onto a boat. And I'm really kind of pleased with what I've done. And, Jilly, you can read that if you go over to the Facebook chat, because I put a follow-up in there. Um, oh, things I miss. <laughs> things I miss while I'm out turning into one on giant bruise, And um, I was like, I was looking at the map of Middle Earth that I have, um, and um, I uh, r- realized that there's a river, and it kind of flows and connects. I'm like, oh, well I they could oh, I could and then I had this whole thing in my head. like boom bloomed in my head. And I was like, Okay shit I'm gonna write that down. And I did and I started writing it. And so I um I did I did this quick plot document and um I've got fifteen K. I I I wrote it since um I don't know, the day before yesterday. it's it's been like three or four days, I don't know. Yeah, it's funny. It just reminded me that you mentioned you've got this map of Middle Earth. Is that there's, there's this high resolution map I found of Middle Earth, and when I was um, writing that one, that first Hobbit story for uh, Rough Trade, where we did historical and and what do we Harry Potter? What do we do? Historical and what was the other one that time? It was historical and something, it was theme. Anyway. Oh. Um, um. Like, it, no, historical and – was it reincarnation? No, that was what, what mine was going to be. Um. So it was a second chances thing? I don't remember what the second theme was. time. I always remember the historical. But so for the historical, I had done um, – um, So I was writing a harvest story for the historical side, and I was constantly having to um, consult this map, and it was making me batshit insane because I was like, "Well, where are they now?" Because there's a lot of there was especially the first like third of the story. There's there's a lot of moving around. Um, Immortality. Huh? It's historical and immortality. Immortality. That's right. so I set my background, I have hot corners on set up on my computer, and so if I go down to the bottom right corner, um, it switches to the desktop, and I set my desktop to that map, and I was constantly going to the bottom corner, looking at the map, going back to the thing, looking <laughs> at the map. I, just, I had to have it up as my background on my computer because I was constantly checking that stupid map. It's really difficult when a fandom is big, like The Hobbit or Harry Potter or Stargate. And no, Crookshanks is not Quark. Because if you look at... Hmm, that would make Hermione really sad if Rodney stole her cat. <laughs> he has not want an angry witch coming after him. But I did have a crack idea once in the middle of the night when I was writing it. And it almost made him furling. It came, I came really close. <laughs> to making him a furling. And like him being in the SGC, and like Thor was like, keeps eyeing him and shit, and Jack's like, What? 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 You got something This Is Rodney's cat bothering you? And Thor's like, Dr. McKay is keeping a furling as a pet? <laughs> so I didn't write it, but it amused me, and it was a crack idea. Um, but no, no. But even if you ever had a mancoon, they have a lot of personality. They are actually um, basically a pers cat body. They have, they have lots of personality and and they're very smart, um, and they're very trainable. Pretty much like a fucking dog, to be perfectly honest, um, or a Savannah. Um, so you know they're just really smart, adaptable people cats. <laughs> So that's what Quark is. Quark is basically my cat that I lost a long time ago. Um, She had a lot of personality and she could open doors and um, she knew the household schedule. She knew when the mail ran and she knew um, she just was like a person. I mean, she was very smart, very smart. She learned really quickly. She was litter box trained within a day and a half of her coming into my house. She knew where her where her cat where where, where her stuff was. She put her toys in the in the basket when she got finished with them. Um, uh, she was just a person basically <laughs> in a cat's body, and and that's what Quark is. Um, he's um, basically um, my my cat. <laughs> Because I lost her about a year and a half before I started writing what might have been. so And she's the last cat I'll ever own because I um, turn out to be severely allergic to them. And um, I haven't bought one since. So. Aw. Yeah. Allergies suck.
0: They, they, they do suck.
1: terrible. Now, I could have a cat if I wanted to drug myself to the gills every day. And, and don't think I'm not tempted because... <laughs> I really miss my cat. But um, I have a husky, and and that's almost the same thing. If if you've (laughs) ever had a husky, you would know that. Uh, He even rose up against my leg. He will do that rubbing thing that cats do up up against your leg. I've had two huskies, and they both do it. Did it. He did it. Cisco did it. So the first time Kronos did it, I cried. Because I really didn't know that that was a breed trait, and I, I was like, I, it was really upsetting. Because <laughs> <sighs> I miss my baby They're I <clears throat> hairless cats freak me out. And and I'm they're not, not they're they're not an allergenic. Um, people, I I know it's a common this is a common misperception, but they if you're allergic to cats, you're gonna cat. Dander? It's the dander. Yeah, it's F yeah, it's actually they um a lot of the allergies actually in their saliva. Um so it's like if you're allergic to cats and they lick you, you're gonna get high from the licking. So they lick their bodies.
0: What? That gets all over their
1: bodies. You know. But actually hairless the interesting thing about hairless cats is they are um they tend to be one of the more cuddly breeds. And I I think the general theory is that they are it's because they're cold. Um, and you're warm. But is that cat a sweater? <laughs> yeah. I have I I have i f I'm also very allergic to cats, um but so if I ever go around I'm actually allergic to anything that's not human and probably a good percentage of the humans, too. She chills in the bubble, she just didn't tell us. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. But, yeah, it, I mean, my, my allergy test they, test, they just, like, I mean, if, I'm sure if they tested for monkeys, I'd be allergic to monkeys, too. But everything they tested for that was an animal species, it came up, I came up allergic to it. So, um yeah, but I, but so when I go to friends, I can't be I can't go to I can't visit friends who have dogs for the most part, except for a few breeds. But when I go to my friend's house who have cats, I take a you know take a bunch of allergies and medication before I go, and then I, you know, come right home and shower. Um, but she she has a hairless and it is very cuddly. It gets right up on you, and it's just and I do think that they're cold, <laughs> which always which yeah I didn't say that to her the next time I was like, get that cat a sweater. Because no, they're kind of my freaky, coon, but they're yeah. freaky. But when they're when they're cuddling you, you know, y- you're still going to pet it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah,
1: my main coon like, wasn't too bad for my allergies, um, but uh, as I've gotten older, my asthma has gotten worse, and it's, it's just not a risk I can take anymore. You know, um, without being heavily medicated, I have to medicate myself to go to my sister's house because she has a cat uh, who's a complete asshole. Um, yeah, yeah. She shed a whole cat every week. I mean, <laughs> it was unreal. <laughs> like, how do you still have hair? <sighs> but yeah, so, that, so that's what Quark is. Basically, it's a memorial to my cat that I lost. And um, and it, if you ever have a chance to have a Maine Coon or interact with a Maine Coon, do it. Because they are unique in the they cat are. world. And they are... um amazing companions so if you ever get a chance to get one and you're a cat person um and there's one that you can rescue rescue that cat because and you, and you won't regret it i have a friend who had a cat a Maine coon and she named her gabriella and i think that was a cat's name and she was super demanding super demanding um I don't know how she developed her fondness for being on her back, but she did. She looked just like a little crime scene victim, just kind of all sprawled out with her, you know. And, you know, I've always tempted to get, like, the chalk and, like, do a little outline <laughs> with Probably the important case. but she was, she was huge, she was enormous. And when she wanted you to groom her belly, which was that's what she wanted, she didn't she didn't want you combing any of the rest of her hair. She just liked her belly to be combed. She would come and just flop backwards over your lap, <laughs> and you get Do like it, 20... human staff. <laughs> that's right. And that was a clue. You had better groom me and groom me now. <laughs> and if you weren't fast enough, she would hiss and she would take a swipe at you.
0: <laughs> like, get My cat
1: was um, least trained. She would um, walk with me around the neighborhood, uh, and um, she would ride in the car with me and go wherever I went and basically uh, just was with me all the time. I rarely left the house without her. She expected to be able to go. <laughs> And I was about I was going grocery shopping and she couldn't go. She'd get mad at me and go get in my bed and get up under my covers and hide until I came home. They're beautiful cats. Although there are some, there are pictures of some of them online. They're a little bit freaky. It's like... Yeah. Like, really? But, um, I... Um, I also really enjoy in the Harry Potter fandom giving Harry, um an interesting, smart snake pet. <laughs> yes. I'm really enamored with that whole thing. I would love it if um I-, I would love to write one where Harry finds a snake um as and just the this snake just takes him for her own. And he brings her home to Private Drive and Petunia can't do a damn thing about it because <laughs> the snake is magical. <laughs> and she quickly learns that the snake's in charge.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, and Petunia, you really shouldn't do that. She doesn't like it. <laughs> uh but you know, just just something really funny. I there was one that I never actually read it, but there was there was a story in the HP Phantom where a genie raised Harry. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that one. Where who raises him? <laughs> you mean from f- f- yes! The genie. Voldemort's snake. Yes. The land shark.
0: <sighs>
1: yes. I'm afraid you broke my brain.
0: then I read one where
1: the genie, or whatever her name is um is um ends up making babies with the basilisk.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, come on,
0: in the chamber of the secrets <laughs> oh,
1: well, the basilisk um, yeah, that's what happened <laughs> people go people can go. You know, there's there's going pushing the boundaries, and then there's going too far. You know, sometimes people well, can take the snake the snake thing and go a little too far think, with the snake thing. I think Azure has um, lowered my uh, my tolerance for crack. I'm much more tolerant of it than I used to be, and I blame her. Credit for this, this is blame. <laughs> oh, speaking of fix-its, I also love it when Hedwig comes back as a phoenix. That is <laughs> that is a, that that is a be, good fix-it. That could be my favorite fix-it for Hedwig's death that she comes back as a phoenix. I love it. See, now with Hedwig I just kind of hand wave that I just I go into complete mm, denial it, didn't, it didn't, happen. didn't happen. It didn't happen. No, it, it wasn't the penis copter that made me numb at all. Um, no. I'm pretty sure it's Bilbo's and the fruit, the vegetable ninja that's made me
0: numb. <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to be perfectly
1: honest. <laughs> it could be the vegetable ninja that did it for me.
0: I may have been numb before that. And you guys don't that, actually
1: but... know what that is. But Azure has this terrible habit of writing little snippets in our private chat where Bilbo kills orcs. With like shit like
0: durian fruit. (laughs) and and rutabagas. (laughs) Has she she
1: used durian? Has she used durian yet? Because she really needs to use it. Have you used durian yet? I know she's in the chat because you really need to. (laughs) If you have it, you need to. You absolutely need to. Um, Lemons, um, just coconuts. Have you used coconuts? Because those are hard. Those would be a good one to use. You make a list. Make a list of things you haven't used yet. Um, And so basically, Bilbo fruit ninjas his way across Middle Earth Earth to the dragon. I can't wait to see what he uses to kill Smog. I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know what it's going to be yet. I do seem to recall that we contributed to that madness the beginning of it, but I don't remember what we did. I think I've it <laughs> I don't out. either. I don't either. I'm, I, we, we probably are partially to blame for her inspiration, but come on. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> I don't think either one of us mentioned the parsnips. Okay, that was all you. Yeah. I, but who am I side? I got a, a Death Eater Circus. Uh. Now, that, that was all on you. That was me. That was me. Najini the is the head clown. <laughs> <laughs> because they're all afraid of her. What was the first sentence? Don't blame me. Don't blame you me, gave me for her your a terrible... Sentence, your ninja. I don't think I did. I really don't. But she's saying I did. She's going to tell me in a minute, because she probably got it written down in a file somewhere. Um... I don't. I can't believe you're running me for the vegetable ninja. <laughs> I just don't think it's my fault. <laughs> it could be though. Sometimes in the middle of the night, it's just be me and her. She can't sleep, and shit happens.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember
1: now. Well, how is that my fault? Azure says, for those of you who are on the podcast, Julia says that Yovana gave Hobbits divine produce powers. <laughs> but it, now what's the first sentence? I think that was the first sentence. No, but she she's saying that I gave the first sentence. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, that's my right. Asac the defiler never saw that potato coming.
0: <laughs> that was the first sentence, yes. I remember that. Okay. (sighs) I guess I can take
1: blame for that. (laughs) But I think it falls back to you, Julia. That could be your fault because you're the one that started it. (laughs) Yeah, it could have been that I made the comment about the divine produce powers and then you made the comment about the potato. (laughs) And a star was born, or at least a vegetable ninja. (laughs) I do remember we had a really lengthy chat about which produce was better suited to weaponry.
0: (laughs) Speaking of, I got a really
1: nice pineapple today. (laughs) You got a really nice what? Pineapple. (laughs) Pineapple would be a good weapon. It would be. It even has a handle. (laughs) You can throw it really easily in spikes. They're not very stiff spikes though. So. so it is my fault. I can't just don't blame me and your author notes when you put it somewhere for fuck's sake. <laughs> Leave me a little bit of dignity. <laughs>
0: But you there, know, has been, there has defense. been
1: more than one random crack attack. More than one, but, although. But, but the, in my defense, I don't see how he could have possibly seen that potato coming. How could anybody see that t- potato coming?
0: <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> The best
1: part is, is that he apparently pulls these vegetables out of nowhere. He has like a dimensional pocket full of vegetables.
0: <laughs> vegetables. <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, That <coughs> made me cry. Oh,
1: A little bit of dignity, thank you very much. I saw that too late. Too late. <laughs> Probably is too late. I have way too many podcasts in respect the fact that I have zero dignity.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't I don't think your podcasts are, are evidence of lack of dignity but they might be evidence of lack of filter. <laughs> <laughs> This is probably true. But as I told you last week, I only say about 78, 90% of what I think. (laughs) I keep a good bit back. That'll change. You'll get older. Yes, I look forward to it. And then when you get older, you know, that's when people start thinking like a filter is really cute and charming. It's like, oh, she says such horrible things. Isn't it adorable? (laughs) She's so sassy. She's so sassy. She told me that I was a complete loser and a waste of (laughs) oxygen. I think it's so cute. (laughs) Are you feeling okay? You haven't insulted me today. Give me a minute. You haven't
0: been
1: been here long. You'll be an old old lady, and you'll be going to to you'll be going to the coffee shop as an old lady and calling some middle-aged dude fetus. <laughs> I'm still calling my, that guy you, Fetus. He answers no, to it just, now. It's, it's too late. He does. He's he's trained. Of course, I did just consign him to working in a coffee shop for the rest of his life. <laughs> I saw him in the mall. Oh my um, god! <laughs> in a mall, about I guess about three weeks ago, and I called out, "Hey, Fetus!" and he went, "Hey, old lady." I said, pardon me? And he said, hey, mean old lady. So that's better. <laughs> so Azra says that um, Bilbo is a priest of Yovana and the pouch of endless fruit and veggies is part of his vestments.
0: <laughs> now, if I was going to the it's course, a job I'd perk. At,
1: Well, I'd be like, well, well, wait a minute. Why have I been eating gruel for a week? <laughs> You've got endless fruit and vegetables in your pocket. <laughs> you don't see me trying to eat your axe, do you? <laughs> if it's endless, then some of that's for food. Some of that's to eat. Food is for food, and weapons are for weapons. Now, <laughs> thinking about a ripple, if that's that's a ripple, then nobody would have starved in the Shire during the fell winter, because Bill would have fed everybody from his pouch. <coughs> well, of course nobody died during the fell winter, except so those was who there. were eaten by wolves, he was, except for those he who was were somebody them. else's food. Oh, no, I mean, he was feeding them, and he was killing the wolves with the parsnips. <laughs> well, that's true, but, I mean, there's only one Bilbo, you know, he can't kill all the wolves. He can't be everywhere at once. He is a vegetable ninja. He killed all the wolves. <laughs> he killed all the wolves. That's why they're upset that he's gone, that he's not in the Shire, because he's oh, out there to protect parsnips. There you go. Death by pickle. I think it'd be cucumber. I'm not sure they're actually, you know, canning food in the pouch. It could be. I mean... Well, but a vegetable ninja can use whatever's at hand. So if he doesn't have his pouch, That's he right. can use a pickle. <laughs> he could definitely use a pickle.
0: By the way, this is to be-
1: exactly the way these conversations go down at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Asha says that each village has a priest or priestess. Well, I hope he had an apprentice in Hobbiton, or They're
0: fucked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Pickled vegetables are weapons of mass
0: destruction. <laughs> <laughs> God that, that's
1: hilarious, Edie. That is fucking hilarious. Oh my god. There goes my R rating or P G rating. <clears throat> Were you trying for a PG rating?
0: So we, need to know, we
1: we need to know early on if you're if you're straining trying to get to um you know acceptable for children <laughs>
0: because <laughs>
1: I no, have, like, I, I to I I psych myself up to meet that bar. <laughs> I, mean, I could never meet that bar. I can't meet that bar in real life. What? I'd have to, like, put up reminder notes, like, don't swear. Um, My don't sister tells ab- her kids, whatever Aunt Kara says, she says, but you cannot repeat.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I haven't been PG since I was 10. You have proof of that now. So pickled vegetarian fruit would be disgusting. I could, I could mark anything that we don't discuss sexual intercourse in as P G thirteen per the rules. But I if I um stray into adult topics or use a lot of foul language in a podcast, I I leave it at R because that's just there's just no, you know, there, there, there's no need for that. Because my podcasts end up on um iTunes and I know that some parents have their kids' stuff locked down So they can't get anything above a certain rating, and I wouldn't want to label something PG-13 that we discuss explicit sex in. Um, We haven't discussed explicit sex in this. We've just not actually – I mean, because I have a podcast where I explicitly explain how to have anal sex. (laughs) I obviously would not want kids to download that on iTunes. Uh. We haven't discussed explicit sex in this one. I mean, there's still twenty minutes, so you know <laughs> we could. That could parsnips happen. And
0: all. <laughs> oh,
1: goodness, no, there will be well. no parsnip the discussion. Now, we have unleashed the vegetable ninja on this chat room too? Oh no! See, now this is terrible because I'm just having this terrible flash of like, like. You know, Thorin is really nervous about the pouch, and, and yet he's hot for Bilbo, and so they finally get to the moment, and he's like, does the pouch have to be here? <laughs> I'm kind of worried. Because <laughs> what else do you do with the things in there? <laughs> oh, God, she had to go there. It's in there. It's in there. Oh, God. Oh, Azra would never write that because she has this thing about ass aphids, and, you know, I just – I can't hear it again. <laughs> but figging would be fine. And if you don't know what figging is, see me messages on Facebook, because I don't want you Googling, because that, that would just be... <laughs> <it's>
0: just, <laughs> Let me see what
1: you that get might not if you Googled
0: Google figging.
1: <laughs> that, that might not be a good thing. Um, <clears throat> it involves ginger... In somebody's ass.
0: And if you, there's
1: a really good fit in the Inception fandom with figging. If you look, if you Google Inception Ames figging, you'll probably get it. (laughs) It's probably only one, and it is outstanding. Oh, yes. Well, definitely be cautious if you're going to Google (laughs) figging. You, it, it will be explained, but there's... There you, you may get more than you bargained for. Including, like, um... One of the first hits is dick-figging, too. I mean, in terms of the image. Oh! 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 I wouldn't let anybody put that little teeny slice of ginger in my dick. Not even my fake one. Well, the first one that I did, um... I found was actually uh, it's where Arthur gets figged. I've not read that one. Which one? Did you find a new one? It's called Heat Wave. I will be sharing a link. I don't know if it's any good. I don't know what's in it. It has BDSM and paddling and paddling and figging. I'm not mad at it so far.
0: <laughs> I'm not mad. How many
1: things? do there Bob there are two hundred and eighty seven works of figging on Ao three. that all? Come I'm on, Ao three. I am too. Is I that have, all? And pro, I I just gonna make a guess that half of them are One Direction. I don't know what's up with that fandom, but it's like you pick a kink, and then you go look at what fandoms have the most of okay. that kink. There it's going to One Direction. There are 25 in Supernatural. There are 23 in Sherlock. 12 in Harry Potter. There are 6 in One Direction. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, let me down on that one. You guys let me down because I, mean, I can tell you almost every other kink I've ever searched for on AO3 I go to filter out fandoms and like the number one fandom for that kink is One Direction. I'm like, what are you guys doing to those boys that that you think that they need this much kink? There's only one on Ao3 now with um, digging and um. It's in Arthur taking it, but but the one I read was Ames taking it, and it was really good. Um. What does a whisk have to do with figging? I don't know. Don't don't Google, folks. Just save yourselves. Save <laughs> yourselves. And now we're definitely not PG. <laughs> yeah, we definitely blown the hole off that one. A <laughs> <I> mint lid. <laughs> What's all over Wattpad? One Direction. Dude. I don't read real person fiction. I think it's invasive and and inappropriate. Um, and No. O. T. And don't you can't you're not gonna convince me, you Canadian freak, that you don't know what fing is. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> He knows! Don't him play innocent with you? (laughs) There's no way he doesn't know. (laughs) (laughs) That was just disingenuous. (laughs) Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Get away from me! Oh! (laughs) I told oh, you no, not no, to Google. No, no. I fucking told you not to Google. I've never no one closed listens Google to so fast in my whole life. No one listens to me. No one. Anyways, what I was going to say earlier, before figging started, was that one of the other fandoms where I think its are really, really popular would be the Sentinel. And that whole dissertation thing, and Blair not getting his doctorate, and... um. Jim being a dick about it. And oh, and now the. And, uh, even going further back, um, when, when Jim saved Blair at the fountain and, yeah. Um, Blair asked him, you know, come on a stream with me and Jim said no. Um, right. Were, th- that needed some fixing. Super fixing. Um, I don't think she was clutching pearls, more like anal beads, but, um, same difference. Who's clutching pearls? You over Google. You know, it, it actually was it, no it was. It was um a woman posting a picture a woman that posted a picture, folks, of her bad reaction
0: <gasps> oh, to, ure- oh, to oh, urethral oh.
1: To No you you're hurting my feelings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was I was I was not prepared. I was like, I don't even know to what sigh wolves are. What are sigh wolves? <clears throat> a lot of Sentinel canon needs fixing because a lot of Sentinel fandom needs fixing. If we're going to be perfectly honest, <laughs> slavery fic in that fandom is outrageous. Well, that's another kind of fix it all together. Is like when 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 fandom goes off in a direction that you're kind of going, what the fuck? Um,
0: then
1: then there's, there's, there's a it's fixing fandom doing. I mean, fixing fandom is a whole different kind of fix. It it's where fandom has gone off in this direction that you just do not get. And it's like we're 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 riding the ship. We're we're steering it back into non incestuous waters. <laughs> and then you get the emails. How dare you um, circumvent? Think, I think that's one think of the problems. Came.
0: <laughs>
1: um, with uh, Lord of the Rings and people getting really militant with you for not adhering to their ridiculous canon, um, or in, in, with, with, with Sentinel, it, it, it's a it's a fanon, not, not a canon, uh, <clears throat> and they get bent if you don't do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, Sentinel was really militant about do 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 what we want, do it the way we want. Um Now, I mean, in X-files, I got a lot of told how I needed to behave in the fandom, <laughs> but nobody <laughs> really there. told me what to write. So there was that, you know, something I I hadn't experienced the this is what you need to write thing until the Sentinel. Um But you know, people get inured to like, you know, the first time somebody sees a slave pick they they think it's they think it's horr they're like horrified. Um and some people probably really dug it, but some people are horrified the first time they see it. And then they see it a second time and a third time and a fourth time and a fifth time and a tenth time until they just don't even react anymore. And then and then you're and then you know, maybe like, Well, the the slavery thing is a minor part of the story, I'll read it. And you just you you do inure yourself to horrible things if you're not careful. Um, uh, and I do, you know, we've talked about before, I have, Kira has very strong feelings about um, fetishization of lack of consent, um, which is what most slave fics do. Um, so, you know, so, so there is a different kind of fix it that happens in fandom about fandom, which is like fandom's gone crazy about, you know, on 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 this, this thing, and people will there'll be kind of like a backlash of, um, and I think I think a lot of people really gave the Sentinel fandom um, double to them over. This is the way you have to interpret things, and you have to turn Blair into a a twelve year old girl and, ruin them. and and ruin their awards. Yeah. I'm never going to get over that, by the way, Phantom. Sitting Sentinel, Phantom, I am never going to get over being told that I ruined the last year of your Light My Fire Awards. But I'm also um, really proud of having ruined your awards because that's why their little images are up on my site in my awards page <laughs> that I made just to put those up.
0: What a big banner. They said I ruined their award. I don't care. (laughs) Uh, (sighs) Uh, I
1: was nominated in several categories with a story that a lot of people in the fandom had a problem with because it didn't have, I didn't characterize Blair the way they thought I should have. Right, he wasn't, you, you didn't make him pathetic. I mean, what were you thinking? And I got some nasty emails about it, and someone instructed me to um, ask that my novel be removed for the award, from the awards, and I refused. Um, because I didn't nominate myself. You know, readers nominated me and my work for that, those particular awards. And that's not fair to readers who enjoyed it who nominated me. And who voted for me, obviously, since I fucking won. So, fuck you, kicks my ass. <laughs> That's right. Fuck off. But I had one person who claimed to be a BNF, but didn't give me her name, who repeatedly emailed me, I think maybe like 15 or 20 times, to tell me how disappointed she was with my book, The Awakening, um, with my characterization of Blair. And then she said, that the, and I wish I'd known this, that the only saving grace in the book was the fact that Jim wasn't on bottom. If I had known that that was the saving grace as far as she was concerned, Jim would have taken it up to ask the whole book.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because I am that writer who writes shit out of spite.
0: Oh, people, people, people (laughs) I know
1: What is wrong with people? I don't understand Jim would have gone out and bought a sex wing As a present to himself And got in it (laughs) That's right he would, have, he would have spent 24-7 in a butt plug so he could be prepped at all times. Oh, okay, Kiki, now I feel like I will need to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> you did set the bar really high for those of us who came into the Sentinel fandom through the awakening who then expected more from the rest of the fandom. Ouch. <laughs> Ow. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the there, there, there are a lot of great Sentinel writers out there. There um, are. Polly Bywater just, is amazing. Um... Um who wrote um who wrote the Ritual series? One of my favorites. I love the Ritual series. Um You can find that on um, is great. Very um, good.
0: Wasn't wasn't
1: Asphodel in the Sentinel for a while? I think so. That may have been where I first ran it. No, I think Astolot was I ran into Astolot before that. Chris or yes. Um, or wrote the Ritual series. Fucking love it. You can find links to that on um, Slash World. Um, Astolat and his friends were in Sentinel. I'll admit you'd have to wade through a lot. Um, You know, it's almost like you know, you do have to wade through a lot of of really bad characterization of Blair. Um, and normally I don't say something like that, I would say something like that, because that the Sentinel fandom was so abusive to a lot of people who didn't want to toe the line, so they brought that shit on themselves. And Flutter, Flutterbub, Bev, Bev, I wish they would have names that I could say, Flutterbub was really good too, I really enjoyed that, but the Ritual series is on um, AO3, and uh, Murder by Ritual, um, I think is the very first word um, in that particular series by Chrisser, and it is on AO3 and Lady Holder found a link for it so that should be pretty easy to find if you go over to AO3 um, I highly recommend it it's one, it's one of my favorites in that fandom but I um, when I was I was kind of skirting the edge of um, the Sentinel fandom while I was delving into Stargate at the same time Um And the fact is, is I saw a lot lot of parallels between Rodney and Blair. Um, And when I went to write in the Sentinel fandom, because I had this idea that I wanted to explore of Jim and Blair being in separate cities and um, Blair and reaching out to Jim inadvertently um, and kind of waking him up a little bit, you know, um, as a Sentinel and say, Hey, you know, I need you, so you you need to come here. And Jim does. And I was like, what would I do with that? And so I I explored that in a couple of different ways, and I ended up writing The Awakening. And I put it out there, and I didn't expect the reaction that I got. I certainly didn't anticipate the reception that I got. Because Stargate fandom had actually been really good to me. And I was in the midst of writing what might have been. And so um, I was used to being treated a certain way. And it was really off-putting that I didn't get that welcoming, oh, hey, welcome to our fandom. You know, (laughs) we're so glad you're here in the Sentinel. I didn't get that. I got, how dare you not do what we do. How dare you write something different? How dare you do this? Um, and it was really disconcert. It was just, it was awkward. <laughs> it was just not hey. what I expected. <clears throat> and it put me off. And to this day, I have a hard time working on the four or five certain projects that I've had in progress since The Awakening was written that I had been working on until the fandom bit me. <laughs> boils down to. It was like petting a pretty dog and getting bitten for it. You know? It was Yeah. It is exactly like that. And the um the the Sentinel fandom is so odd that even if I want to do a significant storyline with Jim and Blair, it's probably gonna be part of a larger series that focuses on either other characters or other characters as well. Um because I don't I don't think I could write a purely Sentinel um, I I would just kind of frown at it a lot. I'd get in the mood and look at it and go, mm. "What it boils down to for me is that I don't trust the Sentinel fandom. And when you don't, when when your trust gets broken like that with the, without, with the entire fandom, um, it's difficult to to give yourself and your work over to it because um, when it boils down to it, fanfiction is an act of love, and they don't deserve my love. That's right. <laughs> We're on 55 seconds. There may or may not be a podcast tomorrow night. We'll see, depending on my mother and I's adventure. We're, we're going on an adventure tomorrow. And I may be back in time for a podcast. I may not. I don't know. Good oh, Walmart night. Walmart's not involved. Good night. <laughs> oh, Walmart is definitely involved. Oh, dear.
0: <laughs> oh, dear, Yeah. <laughs>